Our Gospel reading is from Luke 24, starting at verse 36. Cleopas and his companion have met Jesus on, the, on their way, and now they've come back uh, and been, been reporting all that's happened to the apostles. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things, and I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Beth, out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Good morning. And so we come to the final part of our journey through the book of Luke. As we reach the point where Jesus appears to his disciples, and then later challenges them. This stormy may well be familiar to us all, which is good because it gives us the opportunity to look at it from different points of view and then to try and place ourselves in the story itself. But first of all, we're going to have a look at some emotions that ran through this story. When reading this passage, I was reminded by, of that song by Ronan Keating that said, life is a roller coaster. And this passage certainly feels like that to me. The different emotions and the situations the disciples had to go through in such a short space of time. Let's take a look. Verse 37, they were frightened. They thought they'd seen a ghost. 
38, they had doubts about what they had seen. 39, they were told to touch and see the marks. 42, they saw Jesus. They thought Jesus was a ghost. Because, but then he ate some food. 44, they were faced with fulfillment of prophecy. 45, had their minds opened by Jesus. 47, they were told this was just the starting point of the story. And we go on, 48, they were given a job. 49, they were promised of a gift to come. And 52 and 53, they end the passage with joy in their hearts and singing praises. Wow, a list. I'm exhausted reading that list, let alone having to go through it myself. They certainly went on a journey of fear to faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. These are the words that have been on the lips of the believers for almost and over 2,000 years. But for a few dark days, it appeared that all was lost for the disciples of Jesus. His closest friends huddled in an upstairs room. It appeared that all was not well. The disciples were contemplating their fates. Fear had consumed them all, almost to the point of crippling them. What happens next leads these groups of down and outs to a new sense of urgency. Jesus shows up to the disciples behind the locked doors and reminds them and then in turn reminds us of the following. Don't be surprised when I show up in your life. Allow me to meet your doubts. Allow me to open your minds to the scripture. Take the witness stand for me. For his disciples, this time was crucial in order that they fully understand the purpose of Jesus' mission. They also needed to comprehend their new role as leaders and guardians of the emerging Christian church. Luke, in his gospel, gives an account of Jesus appearing before the disciples as a reminder that Christians do not belong behind closed doors. We need Jesus to open our minds so that we can comprehend his purpose. And if we are going to be the church reaching out to those who do not yet believe, then we need to wait and to receive the power of God's Spirit to go with us. But before we look at ourselves, let's look at the disciples and contemplate their situation. I'm sure they would have had plenty of questions, such as the following Did Jesus have to die? Was it wise to attack the religious and political authorities? Did Jesus sabotage his own mission? He said he would take on injustices. Who will take up the challenge now? Why am I here? What is going to happen to me now? Can I help? Who's going to help me? Questions they probably were asking themselves within the group. Earlier on in Luke 24, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus um, as a result of Jesus' crucifixion, had fallen into despair. 
they had forgotten the words of Jesus. The words that he would be crucified, buried, and raised to life on the third day. And they had also forgotten the works of Jesus, opening his eyes of the blind, causing the lame to walk, and the raising the dead to life. But when they realized that the risen Christ was with them, they turned from despair to delight. Forgetting Christ's words in faith in his word, forgetting Christ, from forgetting Christ's works in faith in his working, and are filled with passion, promise, and purpose. God wants the resurrection of our Lord in his presence to make a similar difference in us today. These two disciples returned to Jerusalem and told the others all about what they had seen. It's here that we pick up the passage today. The disciples were in the upper room and barely had a time to even process the reports of the other two's encounter with Jesus on the road to Emmaus before they find the risen Jesus standing in their midst. It is one thing to hear rumours that he is alive. It is another thing to see him standing there in front of you. Of course, they shouldn't be surprised. Jesus had been teaching them that he would die and rise again. Mark 8, 31 says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And then he must be killed and after three days rise again. In the Carfax on Good Friday morning, the question was asked, do you like surprises? There was mixed responses. Does Jesus ever surprise you? He's like that, he can, he will. You can be full of despair, and all of a sudden, you feel his presence when you least expect it. You look out of the window and see a beautiful wild flower blowing gently in the wind. And it is, and it is like Jesus gives you a hug and he whispers hope into your ear. You can be lonely and someone calls or texts and brightens your day and you know that God cares. Jesus shows up in the least expected times and places. Through the still, small voice, through a sign of nature, or a feeling inside that everything is going to be okay. Don't be surprised. God knows when you need him. And here in this story, God knows that the disciples need that reassurance of the presence of Jesus in their lives. So he appears to them. Here we see the reality of the resurrection in human form. Jesus showed he wasn't a ghost or a figment of their imagination, but he was truly alive among them. A saviour who for once had conquered sin, Satan, death and hell. And it is on this basis of his authority that they were sent out and that we are also sent out to live a life of mission for Christ. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, says, Jesus came near to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am always with you to the end of the age. The resurrection is the basis of his promise to never abandon us. Yet, even in verse 36, the disciples were full of doubts, even as Jesus stood right there in front of them. John 20, 19 says, he shows up behind locked doors and says, peace. Their first reaction is to think that he's a ghost. We might have thought the same ourselves. Here we see Jesus' compassion. He doesn't ridicule them. He asks them about their troubled hearts and minds. And then he offers just the evidence that they need. He shows them the scars in his hands and feet. Yet even this isn't enough. Verse 41 captures the complex emotions that they are going through. They could see him, but they were full of joy and amazement. And it clouded the situation. One could think of it like this in today's world. It's Saturday evening. You have a lottery ticket in your hand. The first number gets read out. It matches two, three, four, and so on. You've won the lottery. I don't believe it. You look at the ticket. It matches the number on the screen. I still don't believe it. You give it to somebody else to check. Yes, you're correct. You still don't believe it. You check in the press and the internet. Yes, you're correct. You still don't believe it. Or what about this situation in Only Fools and Horses when Dell and Rodney have sold the lesser watch made by John Harrison for 6.2 million? They couldn't believe what had just happened. It was too good to be true. Imagine the conversation between, Rel between Rodney and Del Boy. I have this feeling it's all going to go pear-shaped, Rodders. Don't be silly, Dell. We are dealing with Sotheby's here, not Denzel and Trigger. Like the disciples... So like the trotters, the disciples were overjoyed. And as Delboy would have said in his Peckham version of French, they felt très bon magnifique, lovely jubbly. The disciples' joy and amazement keeps them from fully believing that it is Jesus in the flesh. So he eats some fish to prove that he is not a ghost and is indeed risen from the dead. Jesus doesn't mind answering, addressing our debts, our doubts. He will provide the evidence you need right when you need it. He is the same Lord who said to Peter in the boat, come on, come out and join me in the water, and then enable him to do so. He's the same Christ who said to Thomas, put your hands in my wounds. And he is the same Lord who whispers to us, Come to me, who are weak and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Allow Jesus to meet your doubts and open your minds. Jesus opened the minds of his disciples in this upper room experience. The disciples made discoveries 
that made them live lives of passion, promise, and purpose. As God used them to turn their world upside down and inside out, and then the right way up for the Saviour. The most telling testimony of all must be the lives as early Christians. We must ask ourselves, what caused them to go everywhere telling the message of Christ? As a reward for their efforts, those early Christians were beaten, stoned to death, thrown to the lions, tortured and crucified. Every conceivable method was used to stop them from spreading the gospel. Yet, they laid down their lives as the ultimate proof of their complete and confidence in the truth of the message. These discoveries are ones we need to make as we learn to live in our daily reality that the fact our Saviour is a living Saviour, whose word is true and whose works are powerful. But what is it that enabled the disciples to move from fear to faith? I came across this conversation in my reading about the passage, and I would like you to picture the scene. Jesus ascended to heaven. The angels asked him, Jesus, did you accomplish your task? Yes, it is finished, he responded. We have a second question for you, the angels asked. Has the whole world had a chance to respond to what you have done and trust you as saviour? No, he said, not yet. What is your plan? Jesus said, I have left 12 men and some others to take the message to the whole world. The angels looked at each other, then down to the earth, then back to Jesus. So what's your plan B? Jesus replied, there is no plan B. Jesus concludes with an interesting observation. He reminds the disciples that he has fulfilled the scripture in rising from the dead. Then he talks about preaching for repentance, for change to all nations, all groups of people. And he concludes... You are witnesses of these things. Shortly thereafter, he will return to heaven and he will send his Holy Spirit to guide them. This verse is for us as well. You are witnesses for all things. But what is a witness? In court, witnesses don't have to be eloquent speakers. They don't have to be experts. All you need to do is to share what all they need to do was to share what they saw, what they experienced. They just convey their first hand experience of the event. And that's what Jesus calls us to do to share what we have experienced with others. People can argue with you about what you believe about God, they can, they, but they can't argue about your personal experience with God. Your experience is your experience. The disciples faced Jesus on that face-to-face encounter. We experience him now. We know Jesus gives us hope. We know 
Jesus convicts us of our sin. We know that Jesus gives us purpose and meaning. We know Jesus carries us through. We know when Jesus gives us victory. So we need to witness. We need to share what we know. We need to share what we know with others. A witness just simply shares their first-hand experience. And the way to get that first-hand experience is to spend time with Jesus. Read his word. Talk to him in prayer. Listen to his still, small voice. And don't be surprised when he shows up. If you listen, the Holy Spirit will show you when and where to be a witness. Luke 12, 12 says, The Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Your part, our part, is to be ready, to be obedient, not to miss an opportunity. The way we can fulfill our mission as people of God is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus appeared to his followers before ascending to heaven to remind them of the promises he made and to encourage them to preach the good news. The message is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. Jesus died. Jesus is risen. Jesus will come again. Those who are Christians have had their minds open so that we too can continue the mission of Jesus just as he instructed his disciples to do. We wait for the Spirit to empower us to complete our mission and move from fear to faith. We use the Spirit to make Jesus the foundation and cornerstone of our life and our witnesses to other. I saw in the chapel this morning 1 John 4 to 18 perfect love drives out fear. Let's use the Spirit to make our cornerstone of our lives.